As an entrepreneur, who's as lazy as I am smart, I've always loved to automate and slim down my to-do list. Out of all the automation apps, Zapier has always been my favorite. What I'm talking about here is automating processes within your business. For example, if you love having an autoresponder that fires back replies when you're on holidays, you're going to love the idea of Zapier, which is why today I'm talking to Christopher Drake, who's a Zapier and business automation specialist. And we're going to explore ways that you can automate your business processes. Welcome to Fractal Marketing. My name is Jared Doyle, and this is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to grow their company through smarter marketing. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with marketing tips, strategies, and insights to enable you to grow your business. You'll hear from fellow entrepreneurs who share their learnings and insights on how they're growing their business. You'll also hear from marketing professionals who'll give you easy-to-execute marketing advice. And of course, you're going to be hearing from me. You might be an accountant, a graphic designer, a recruiter, or a startup founder. But if you're the best-kept secret in the industry, then your business is just not going to grow. Let's get into today's episode. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. I'm more than happy. Good to be on the podcast. Great. So, what I want to start with is talking a little bit about your company that's called That Startup Company. I absolutely love the name. and It just invokes (laughs) that follow-up question is, why did you call it That Startup Company? All right. So, That Startup Company was actually started a few years ago when we won a startup weekend with an idea called Car Values. As a part of winning Startup Weekend, we were given an opportunity to register a company. And by the time we got our act together to actually register it, we didn't think car values was really going to work as a business. So we thought, let's make most of this and just register a company and see where it goes. And we couldn't really come up with a name. So one of the other co-founders in the business, Matt, he was like, let's just call it that startup company. It's the most generic name ever. And so we've used it to build out a lot of things. And we kind of use it as our own little holding company for building out stupid ideas. But over the last probably 18 months, it's moved from being a silly idea to an automation agency, which is probably the best way to explain what it does at the moment. Okay. So an an automated, automative agency? Automation agency. Automation agency. So that, I love this. All of your descriptions and answers invoke an obvious follow-up question. (laughs) So you sort of say an automated, so what does that do and what does that mean? Yeah. So we help SMEs streamline and automate their business. So we've helped our clients save over about 15 million minutes through automations, but we also build no code, minimum viable products. And we use off-the-shelf tools and we just try to focus on the core value proposition for their customers and work out the fastest way to get there. So one of the common workflows that we build to automate SMEs is like you get a new lead from Facebook or from a form and we put it into a CRM like Pipedrive, we do a round robin, we allocate it to the right sales team member, we can add them to an active campaign or a MailChimp, do a series of email follow-ups or SMSs, encourage them to book a 30-minute time in a tool like Calendly or Acuity Scheduling. When they book that, you change the stage, you can automate the proposal, you can automate an invoice. We kind of just take that copy and paste that typically someone in their team is doing manually, and we just try to build out those automations. And so we use a handful of tools from PandaDoc, Pipedrive, Zapier, Typeform, the list goes on. But uh, yeah, we're a certified Zapier expert, as well as one in Pipedrive and in PandaDocs. So we work with off-the-shelf tools to help people streamline their business. Well, you're preaching a little bit to the converted here. I absolutely love Zapier. Although previous to speaking to you, I think I was calling it Zapier. But as you pointed out to me, (laughs) it sounds like happier. So Zapier is the correct pronunciation. Listen to me. I can't even say that word correctly. It's all right. It's early in the morning. (laughs) 
So look, I, I use Zapier and I've got a, you know, a paid account for that exact reason in my life. I sort of say, oh, well, let's generate some leads on Facebook. Let's put them into, as it happens, I use Pipedrive and then let's match them across to MailChimp and let's add them into Calendly and all these kind of things. And you connect them all together. And I mean, I don't work out how much time I've saved, but one of the wonderful things about what I often do is as a marketer, you know, a lot of my marketing is lead importing from LinkedIn or Facebook or some kind of lead tool like that. And even in my very basic understanding, I'm able to streamline these processes, which gives me as a non-coder sort of tech person, if that's such a thing, I get that magical moment where I can talk to a client and then they kind of have that, wow, you know, that, and I imagine that's what it's like being a programmer is that moment they go, wow, how did you do that? It's like this magical thing called Zapier. And I show people, but they don't quite lock into it as much. I'm guessing that's that's a daily occurrence for you is having those wow factors that with, with, with Zapier and all the integrations you can do. Yeah, absolutely. With yeah, It's like that aha moment, right? It's that, that moment where people see someone fill in their lead form and then instantly it appears in their pipe drive account or they instantly get the SMS or the thing. And typically they've been, you know, manually following them up and there's a delay of a couple of hours, but now their clients are getting an immediate feedback knowing that, you know, they're on the case already. And it's not just leads, but it's like customer support and a bunch of different things as well that we can automate. But what we do is, you know, we've got a series of videos and tutorials about showing people how to do the basic ones. But really where we jump in is when it gets a bit more complicated, when you're trying to do a round robin, for example, which isn't as straightforward as what it seems, or you're trying to generate pass information through and do a lookup of like a product list so you can match your UTM code. So you can do like things like that where it becomes a little bit more advanced because Zapier is a great tool and actually their help files are really useful. So most people can do it themselves. But then there is a subsection of those people who want to do something a bit more advanced or they just don't have the time to learn because it does take a little bit of time to learn. Yeah. Can we, let's run through an example because, you know, you're, you're saying this and I'm getting it in the sense that I mm-hmm. use Zapier and I kind of understand it. But let's let's run through an example now as a marketer. So my default Zapier situation is to say, I'll generate a lead on a Facebook lead campaign. I'll take that lead. I'll stick it in to, say, Pipedrive. Mm-hmm. I'll allocate it to a specific person. I might add them also to a MailChimp follow-up. And then it's kind of about it. I usually can't do too much else after that. It's pretty standard. It's like generate a lead, stick it into a CRM, and maybe add copy the email address across to MailChimp. I might even get Zapier to trigger an email to that person as well. So there's kind of like a live reporting. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other... So that's one integration, right? And that's yep. great. So it saves you going into Facebook, downloading leads, copy into Excel, cut and paste. I mean, that's all laborious. So that's one. What's some of the stuff that you've done beyond that, that, you know, in other tools and other ideas and complexities that you can introduce to that workflow yeah so that one specifically another one that we do quite a lot of is like that sms follow-up immediately but we've also done ones that are taking the landing page the form has been filled in on and looking it up in a google sheet to identify the source so some of the people we work with you know have a standard landing page that they send all of their facebook traffic to or they have one that they send all of their google adwords to or they have one that where they send different traffic so you can extract out the UTM codes that are passed through the, through the URL, and that way you can, in if you're using Pipedrive, once someone converts, you can actually go all the way back through and figure out what your, your CPA is per campaign or per ad, which is obviously very useful as, from a marketing point of view. But on top of that, 
Some of the other things that we do is automated follow-up emails. So let's say you were pushing through 100, 150 new leads a day and you had a sales team of five or six people who were constantly trying to get in touch with the leads, but for whatever reason, the customer segment doesn't answer the phone that often. So you would give them a call and nine times out of 10, you're not getting through to them. So what we've built for one of our clients was a way that they could easily trigger a SMS and email that said, hey, contact name, just tried to call you, tried to get in touch, couldn't get in touch with you, feel free to give me a call back on this number. And so rather than the sales team member having to manually type that email out and that SMS out every time they send it, they just do a one-line command in Pipedrive and it will send those emails out. And then if they open the email, it gets tracked and passed back through into Pipedrive so they can say, oh, that person did actually see the email, they opened it, they clicked on it. So they are. And that can help you adjust how keen someone is or the hotness level of a potential lead. If they're not seeing any of your emails and not opening them, they're probably not interested. But if they are at least clicking the links, then you should keep trying. So that's one of them. The other ones that we do a lot of are automated proposals. So you book through to like a 30-minute call. You have your 30-minute discovery call. And out of the discovery call, you're able to identify what requirements you're going to build for your customer. And then we can use a tool like PandaDocs to put together a proposal. And then once again, you can track if the proposal's been opened, if they've accepted it. If they accept it, you can set up an invoice so it's easy to match back. So there's a lot of different things that we build, but the majority of them are around lead management, sales, and marketing conversions rather than operational. We still do a lot of operational stuff, but most people are using dedicated software for their specific industry. And that dedicated software kind of starts to automate a lot of it. If you rewind like two years ago, a lot of the software didn't, but now we're starting to see that a lot more of that management tools are starting to build out these automations in-house. So that's like the native integration between the tools rather than relying on something like Zapier. Yeah. Is this the sort of the rise of the API economy where the tools like Pipedrive are, are rising to the top, not because necessarily the best, they're the best CRM, but they are so open and so easy to connect with that they become the default choice because they do just work with everything else? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like I mentioned, if you rewind a few years, it was definitely the case where a lot of these places were starting to open up their own like marketplaces, where if you jump into the zero marketplace, you see hundreds of apps and there are apps that are created purely off the back of these marketplaces. And so companies like Pipedrive, PandaDoc, Zero, Calendarly are starting to open up their APIs to allow you to build your own apps off the back of them. And because of that, you're getting this native integration. And it means that a lot of the functionality that you would typically have to use something like Zapier for, you you don't actually need to. So when we jump into and start working with customers, typically what we do is we ask them, well, what tools are you already using? And what marketplace add-ons are there? The number of times I've been asked to connect a event or accommodation booking service to Stripe is a lot. And nine times out of 10, when you actually go and you talk to the person, I said, oh, well, why are you using, like, why are we building? Wouldn't you just be using another management system to do it? And they're like, oh, I never really thought of that. It's like, oh, I never really thought. Like one of them ran an online store that sold wine. They had a cellar door and they also had accommodation and event spaces. And they were using three separate systems. But then after talking to them, they just signed up to Shopify and installed from the marketplace the accommodation booking and the point of sales add-in. And then they got exactly what they wanted. 
So it was, yeah, sometimes what we do isn't actually, it's like advice around what tools and apps to use rather than always building out the automations. But, you know, that's a part of the business and it's actually a part that I enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy automating businesses and building the platform to help them scale. And so if that means switching from a WordPress site or 25 different tools to one, that's fine too. Yeah. Look, it's a battle there between often features and then in interconnectivity. And just before we started, so I've previously been recording all these podcasts on Zencaster and today we're testing Squadcast, which is really generous of Chris to be a, a test bunny on something. But I figured of all the people to test with, I'd test with Chris. And, you know, it struck me that you know, straight away I went, well, what I want to do now is get my session URLs. I want to generate Ideally, I want to generate the interview URLs out of Squadcast and then, you know, the bookings are made in Calendly. I want to connect those two. And I had a quick look at Squadcast and I didn't quite get it finished, but I didn't think they had any way of doing it. But, you know, just as you were saying, I thought, yeah, that's exactly, I've still got that manual bit where I'm generating, you know, our sessions. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't started, this is the first session in Squadcast, but the ideal situation is that when you made the booking in Calendly for this interview, you should have been pinged a Calendly, you know, Google calendar invite that's synced with our diaries. And that should have included this URL. And that hasn't been done yet. I'm like, ah, see, now I've challenged myself to do that. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, we do the same thing using zero. I mean, using Zoom where, yeah, someone books it and it automatically creates a Zoom invite, but that's natively built into Calendly where when we were previously using Acuity scheduling, it wasn't native at that time. So we had to manually generate the URL, but like it also helps because when we do our discovery calls with our clients, we also set up, you know, a Google Drive folder, for example, and the Google Drive folder has the right templates and the questions to ask, and it pre-fills the document with all the information so we can jump straight in and actually record info. And then once, you know, the Zoom meeting finishes, there's another workflow that we have that takes the downloaded audio and video files and then uploads it into the drive folder. So then you're not manually copying and pasting. It also saves you storage. So yeah, I haven't looked at Squadcast to see if they've got a Zapier integration or an API, but fingers crossed they will. And then yeah, you'll be able to do what you wanted to do. Fantastic. So there appears to be, there's a, there's a couple of factors at play here when we're looking at this automation. And so you know, when you said like with Pipedrive, you made you tried to make a phone call, it didn't work. And then you, you hit a button. You make an input inside Pipedrive. You, you know, as a as a human, I make an interaction, and that I guess that's my input, and that's and that's the trigger that starts this workflow. And then then you've got all these bits and pieces that sort of talk to each other and move around. And then you've got something that spits out the other end, like an action. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about sort of how you jigsaw puzzle these sort of different elements together. Yeah, right. So maybe the easiest one to do is just like a standard workflow lead. So someone fills in a mm-hmm. Facebook ad. So yeah, like you said, there's there's triggers and there are actions and there are searches. So a trigger is the first step and an action happens straight after. So in this case, it's well, what pushes this off? What pushes the button that makes this workflow run? And in the case of a Facebook lead ad, it's going to be someone filling in a lead ad. So in that, you may get the phone number, email address, name, and maybe another selection like a product they're interested in. So that's your trigger. Then your first step is, okay, well, we've built a lot of these. So our first step is always a filter. And that's to stop false positives or ones running through where they haven't provided an email address. Therefore, you can't do the email step. So we typically put a filter step in there just as a circuit breaker to make sure that it's only running when it should. Then secondly, our next step would be to take the email address. And if we were passing someone's information through to Pipedrive, we would then do a search in Pipedrive for a contact or a search in Pipedrive for a deal. 
And depending on the client and how they've set up their pipe drive account, it would either be searching for a deal, because most people would just use first name, last name, deal. You would do a search for that and see, because of course, when you start to build these, you have to think of the outliers. And the outliers is someone fills in your form four times, right? Do you want four separate deals? Or do you want one deal that says they filled it in four times for different products? And depending on the business, it's one or the other. So one of the clients we work with, they tend to append the month to the end of every deal. And that means that if someone fills in a form today and then fills it in again next month, it sets up a new deal because effectively it's saying that this person changed their mind. They weren't interested. Now they're interested again. So they want to be reminded of that. So you do a search. You then take what the unique attribute is. So it could be the deal ID or the contact ID. Your following step is creating a new contact if the person doesn't exist or creating a new deal. And then you pass through that custom attribute and that custom attribute is the ID. So that way you're starting to match together your contact to a deal, your deal to a business. And then once you've done that, you would allocate it to a certain person. So in your team, you can use a person's name or their ID or a bunch of other information and you can rotate it. So you could randomly pick one of five IDs from one of your team members and you just randomly pull them. And that way you allocate it to a different person every time a deal comes through. So you're not overloading one person. And on lower quality volumes where you're doing one to a day, it doesn't matter. But if you're doing 100, 120, 130, that's too many deals for one person. So you have to rotate. So once you've done that, we would then set up a task and the task could be to call this person to email this person. Once again, depends on who your client is and what they're trying to do. And then after that, you would set up a a note in Pipedrive and the note is really just like your raw log file. And we found that by passing through a note, you're able to provide context to the sales team member where this person came from. And of course, at the same time, you would fill in your custom attributes. If you had a source you wanted to use, you would match to that. If you had other attributes, you would pass them through. But it could just be like when they've selected what time they want to be called or their phone number or email address, just so they've got another record. Or maybe you type out the full ad that they've selected or something else. It's just to really give them context. And then on top of that, if you wanted to add them to your MailChimp list, you would have another action, which is, you know, add to, add contact and add to this list. And they're really the basic ones that you do. So you kind of step through logically what you want. Step one creating a contact. Step two, creating a deal, attaching the contact to the deal. Step three, making an activity for the deal to the person who's going to own that deal. Step four, adding them to MailChimp. Step five could be sending an SMS to say, hey, thanks for filling in my form. And that's when you start to look at what tools you want to use to actually do it. I've used Pipedrive a lot and MailChimp is the example, but they're just the ones I'm comfortable with. But there's thousands. I think Zapier has something like 1,800, 1,900 apps that are supported. So... There's right. no shortage. And what's sending the text message in that Twilio. scenario? What, what's yeah. the, what's your I tend Twilio. to use Twilio, yeah. but there's another one that I've also used called Click Send, and it'll also send physical letters. So if you ever need to post someone something, you can actually use Click Send. It costs about a dollar, and they'll send a physical letter. That would probably be more, that would probably freak people out more than a text message. Yeah, <laughs> Some real so. mail arrives. It's like, yeah. What? I read a sales book a long time ago. Yeah, I read a sales book a long time ago that said you needed like six or seven touch points for someone to convert. And it was a book by Jack Daly, actually. And what he used to do when he would visit a customer in person, he would leave and pull out a list of postcards and he would write them a postcard and put it in the mail because that would be his second touch point. But if you wanted to digitize that, you could do something similar with a physical postcard that just gets sent. 
because someone's filled in a lead. Don't think it's worth it on the $25, $30 e-commerce store, but you know, on a large deal, it could be worth it. Yeah, I think for a lot of business-to-business service providers, it makes a lot of sense. And you think about how dull and boring, you know, I'll say that now and I'll get some accountant to get upset, but, you know, know, accountants or law firms are, typically speaking, if you can do something like that, it's just going to blow away the opposition. It seems like such a small thing, but it's, I think it's also, in my mind, it's much about not dropping the ball on these things as well, you know? So when someone does fill out an inquiry, it's not letting them sit there for, you know, two, three days or weeks or forgetting about them altogether. So in that sense, I'm guessing there's also automations there that can catch, you know, delinquent like leads and sort of just send random follow-up emails and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'll keep referring back to PipeDrive, but PipeDrive has a thing that's called rotten leads. So you set it up and you say, hey, if this lead hasn't been touched or an activity hasn't been made in X hours or days or weeks, make it a rotten lead and therefore it highlights it red. And the idea is, is the sales team are now seeing that and think, oh, we have to do something. But another way to play it when you use something like Zapier is if you see a rotten lead, you can actually send a text message, not to the client, but to their sales manager. And their sales manager will be like, hey, why have we got a rotten lead? And so it kind of encourages the sales team to stay on top of all of the leads. But yeah, through these automations, like no one, anyone that listens to this podcast probably has some understanding of marketing and realizes that, yeah, if you leave a lead for like less than more than 24 hours, your chances of actually converting them diminish. Like the most amount of time that we actually convert our own leads is because we respond to someone within a few hours. And I'm going to break the wall here, but it's not actually me responding. Shh, don't tell anyone. (laughs) I've set a delay. So someone fills in a lead and I email them back 45 minutes later. It's always 45 minutes later. I wonder why. (laughs) I'll let See, you now fill you've in done the that. What you've got to do is I now you've got to put, put a random element in. <laughs> already yeah. do, already do. But now I've wrecked that as yeah. well. I've wrecked that as well. It's, it's between 42 <laughs> and 59 minutes, I think, is my random thing. And then you email them back with something that passes the information that they provided you and says, hi, so-and-so, thanks for filling in your form asking about ABCD. I uh, would love to chat. The best way we find to talk about these is for you to book a 30-minute call. Here's the link. Book a time. And at that point, I haven't done anything. So... Yeah, it's kind of that. Whereas if you respond straight away with that, people know it's an automatic email. So there's a little bit of like human psychology involved in automation because sometimes you do want it to feel a little bit personal. And I've had many arguments with people around if you can make automatic things feel personal. And I think if you ask the right questions in the first touch point, you can. Yeah, I think there's also, there's probably a middle ground and I forget which company did it really well, but someone would send out the first email, which would say, hey, you know, first name blah 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 and say look this is an automated email but we've written it with passion and if you reply to it i'm a real person at the other end because this is my details and they kind of just played in between i thought that was a really nice middle place to say look we're not going to step away from the fact that this is automated but what we're saying is we're real people and we really care and if you want to and you hit reply it's me and i thought that seemed to be a nice middle ground is to not completely try to trick the person but yeah build that in so yeah look i think it's something where look a lot of businesses a lot of service businesses let's say most businesses don't realize how accessible this technology is now and there's just a general assumption that oh well we can't do that because we're this kind of a company you know we're a real world company we don't have these kind of things and i guess you know part of your mission is 
to, I guess, alert the world to the fact that you don't have to be a coder. You don't have to hire a programmer anymore. You can actually do a lot of this pretty easily yourself. And like you said, you know, some some apps, some some tools have got native integrations. And if they don't, Zapier, sorry, Zapier, you got it wrong again, <laughs> pretty much solves that problem. So if someone's kind of listening to this, but they've kind of got to here and thought, I still don't quite know what's possible or what I could do or how this all sort of works, where would you recommend people sort of go to get started and get a better sense of what's actually possible? Well, I think the first thing to do is to think about the times that you're copying and pasting information. Like, I think that is the, every time we get somebody who's like, oh, I want to automate my business. I don't know where to start. I say, well, let's catch up in a week. Let's book a time. But between now and then, talk to your team and get them to write down all of the times where they're copying and pasting details. And that could be, and the one that comes back all the time is, oh yeah, they're copying and pasting details out of the CRM into a Word doc to then send a template to someone for them to fill in. And you're like, yep, that one's easy. Or copying and pasting details into an email. You're like, yep, we can trigger an automatic email or into a proposal. Or And it's always that kind of thing. And like weekly reports that get sent out or where they're sending an email to the team to say, hey, send me a status update at the end of the day. Things like that where people are copying and pasting information is usually the best place to start. But honestly, I think the best place to start if you're like, all right, well, what is actually possible is obviously go to the zapier.com. And on their site, they have a list of a ton of example automations using their tools that you can put together. And it kind of gives you that idea. Our website is still uh, evolving, but we will have a list of industries, tasks that, you know, will suggest automations, the ones that we build time and time again, because yeah, we end up, you know, helping real estate agents do the same thing, helping personal trainers do the same thing, bookkeepers to do the same thing. It's like when you look at the specific industries, a lot of people are having a similar struggle. But, you know, I'm happy to have a 20-minute convo with someone around what they can automate in their business. It's usually a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah. And do you do you prefer to set people up with their own Zapier account and sort of, I guess, build the tools and say, look, here, here's everything. Here's the pipes. Here's everything working. Mm-hmm. You know, go for it. And if you get stuck, I'll come back. But if you don't, then I've done my job really well. Yeah. Is that the normal setup where you like to educate and do at the same time? Uh, yeah, actually, I really, I really enjoy. And we've got a uh, course that will is in currently in pre-release, but it's a course that will sh- teach you how to do this. So one of my passions is education and helping people. And that's why I run this workshop at a number of startup weekends and and hackathons that talk about how to build and automate your own business. And typically what we do is that, yes, we get them to set up their own Zapier account. We get them to sign up to their own tools and we sit down with them and work through what they want built. And then our team will go ahead and they'll build it out. And then from there, we can provide them with video walkthrough that shows them how it all works. And Zapier is a do-it-yourself tool. So it's weird to use Zapier as a do-it-yourself tool, but then build complex workflows that people don't actually know how to modify. So there are code blocks and all kinds of advanced features in Zapier, but we actually try to avoid using them when we can because it doesn't help the end user. The end user is our client and they really... We want to empower them to be like, oh, that's great. Now I can go ahead and make this a little bit more advanced. I could randomly select the team member I want it allocated to. And then when they need help, when they want to build something new, then reach out to us and then we can jump in. But like, we have a ton of different packages. We do the fi- fixed price quoting for a reason because we've built out the same thing hundreds of times before. So it makes it very easy for us to then offer that after 
help with the videos because we've built it a couple of times before and we know what the outliers are and we know what the common questions we're going to get asked are. So we answer it in the video so they can essentially help themselves and learn how to automate their own business. I love that. I try to do that as much as I can myself as well. So I I absolutely love that approach to, to helping clients out. And the thing about Zapier that always surprises people is when you think about everything that it can do, it's actually relatively cheap to set up an account. And for a lot of businesses, they actually don't need to progress beyond the free account. A lot of them can actually get away with a free account in Zapier. But I think even the paid, I can't remember what it is. I think it's about $14 a month or something there, thereabouts. And you yeah, get- pr- prices are constantly changing. But yeah. yeah, it's about 20 bucks a month is like the basic one. And yeah, you get something like a thousand tasks and 10 or 50. 15 zaps like it it's pretty good for most businesses the majority of our clients are on the higher level plans around the $50 a month and that gives you enough access to paths and to premium apps like Zero and Salesforce and HubSpot and it's really like the thing that if you were running or starting a business you should just have the Zapier account because once you've used it once you will definitely see all these other possibilities that you can actually start to automate so you don't want to be held back because you're on a lower level plan yeah it's normally the thing that breaks people is a couple of the premium apps it's normally sort of the i want to put yeah. facebook leads in you go oh, that's a premium and so you do it and as soon as you get it and you realize now i've got ten thousand zap credits so a zap is an action in Zapier, that's, it does something, so it looks it up. And so you get those credits as well, but 10,000 or whatever it is is actually quite a few. So, you know, take you a while to burn yep. through those. And then you sort of get the, you know, start to get the real value out of it and everything sort of flows from there. So, Chris, I mean, if people want to learn more about this, more about what you do, what's the best place for them to go and trigger an automated sequence that will get one of your, <laughs> one of your workflows <laughs> replying to them? Yeah, sure. Just that startupcompany.com is the best place and so yeah jump onto that site there'll be a few articles around different industries and different tasks you can do but also you can go through our chatbot which will book a time for you and once again we use a tool called ManyChat to do our chatbots you don't need to have a developer to do that you can use ChatFuel or ManyChat and I think that's probably the best way way to do it and also get a link to our, our course where you can enroll and learn how to use Zapier as well. I might have to do that myself. I think I did fill it out after watching one of your sessions and then I think lazily didn't actually go through and do it. Or maybe I started it, but I'll have to go back and have a look again. So, but look, Chris, thank you so much. I think, you know, if people listen to this, if you've used Zapier before, you'll be like, yes, all in and want to learn more about it. That makes a whole lot of sense. If you've not used any kind of automation before, you know, it's definitely worth the effort just to spend a little bit of time to realize the things that you can do. And it's all about, it's a bit like a drug. Once you automate that first process and you get that fun of, and it could be anything, it's even just, you know, that same thrill you got when you scheduled an email newsletter to go out when you weren't going to be in the office and you realize it's sent, you know, or even if you're using Google apps yeah. and you schedule an email at 11.45 at night and you think, I'm going to do is send it at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow so it looks like I wasn't up all night working on this. That thrill you get from automations, that's what this is, but it's like turbocharged, right? These are the things, you know. So if you if you like out-of-office replies and you think, oh, that's a really convenient thing to do, you are going to love Zapier and everything the API economy can do for your business. And I just think most people, the vast majority of people are completely unaware of all the possibilities. So definitely jump onto to Chris's site, check out the course, check out all the different tools, the examples. And I think you've got a couple of live business examples as well, don't you? Is that is the car value one still live? 
No, it's not. But one silly one is KanyeText.com. If you want to go check that out, that's actually built with Zapier and Twilio, Typeform, a bunch of other tools. And there's also a video on how we build our own version of, of it. So you can actually, that's a really good way to build an MVP, even though the product itself is pretty useless. I think the process behind going through and building your version of Kanye text will show you all of the different features of Zapier and automation. And then that moment when someone actually fills in a mobile number and the SMS with the randomized quote lands on their phone is great. One of my favorite parts of doing my uh, how to build an MVP in 24 hours without any code is at the start, I have a link and I say, hey, anyone go there, fill it in and you'll get a random Kanye West quote. And then all of a sudden you sit in the room and you just hear all these phones going off and you ask the audience who wants to read a quote. And then there's ridiculous Kanye West quotes that come out. It's actually pretty, <laughs> pretty good. So yeah, check out Kanye, KanyeText.com or track me down and you'll find the links to it. And yeah, pay a couple of dollars to put in a friend's mobile number and they'll be bombarded with Kanye West quotes over 24 hours. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to endeavor to remember to put that at the top of the show notes. So anyone who flicks up on the podcast, hopefully can click straight through, take an <laughs> yeah. action and, and consider it work. Consider this fun exercise part of your ongoing business marketing evolution. Chris, thank you so much for your time today, mate. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I look forward to catching you at your next presentation on, you know, how to codelessly build an MVP. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that will really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot, and I look forward to speaking with you next week.